Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Thanks to Sunday for supporting the instant. Sunday makes taking care of your lawn easier than ever. Let Sunday take the guesswork out of growing a greener, more beautiful lawn this spring. Visit GetSunday.com slash wow to get $20 off your custom lawn plan at checkout. And by ExpressVPN. If you believe your data is your business, secure yourself. ExpressVPN will secure your privacy and protect your information. Visit ExpressVPN.com slash wow and get an extra three months free on a one-year package. Listening to the instance. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the instance. This is the instance episode 636. It is April 23rd, 2021. I'm Scott Johnson, and that is Garrett Weinzerl. Hello, Garrett. What is up, Scott Johnson? Hey, man. Uh, this is the dawn of a new age. Garrett's going to go race his car, basically, sort of. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's what I'm very excited about and why I have brake dust on my hands. Because I was just <laughs> I was just checking my lug nuts and making sure that it's good. Which car is this we're, we're using for this grand experiment? We're, well, um, Katie and I are both going in both of our cars, so we're taking both. Oh, uh, man, look at this. Keep, keep yeah, it in no, the family. I, I, uh, to listeners out there, uh, maybe you're a car nerd. I have a Ford Focus RS, mm-hmm. uh, which is the performance model of the Ford Focus. And yep. I'm taking it to a track. Yeah. Look at you. So people, will they be crowds or how's that work in a COVID floor? Uh, the only people that are allowed to come and view this are if you explicitly put them on like a guest list. So it's ah. not just like come watch everybody. It's like a learning. Well, there, there's going to be all kinds of people out there. I won't bore everyone with it, but I'm I'm going with the noob group. Where uh, someone's going to tell me what to do at all times. Gotcha. No, that's great. I think that's super cool, and I uh, can't wait to hear more about it. Uh, also, a quick shout out to our friend Patrick Beja, who's not been able to be on the show for a long time. He lives in France, you guys. It's kind of tricky. However, he had a baby. Yeah, that's right. Number two baby. Uh, we should play something in um, uh, in celebration. Here we go. Your heart is pure. Yep, baby's hearts are pure. And Patrick brought a baby little girl into the world. It's been a, a week and a half or so. Uh, we haven't been able to talk about it on the show because we weren't here last week. But anyway, giant congrats to him and his wife who will now be playing uh, man-to-man defense to take care of those kids. So good job. Two is definitely the magic number. And congratulations. Yes. Two are two is two is more than one. <laughs> it is, right? I didn't get that math wrong. You can't you can't give you me a hard time on the magic that one. Number. Scott Johnson, you have three children. I do. And I wouldn't say it's magic. I would just say because that's zone <laughs> defense. And we had to change up our whole strategy when the third one came, but it worked out. It was good. I think I'm the magic on, number is somewhere between blast, it's somewhere between two and three. All right, that's enough. I, I, in in my my sensibilities at our modern age, if you're saying to yourself, "What's the perfect small family ish?" I'd say two, three. Okay, we're done with the days where you have five to ten. I don't know who those people are. What are you doing? You're crazy. It might be right for them. <laughs> it might be. I shouldn't. I shouldn't say. 
I'm, uh, I'm going to walk this back on all of our behalves <laughs> and say it's, it might be just right for them. That's a good idea. Perfect time for side quests. Jumping right in here. Uh, look at this. The WOW Charity Pet Program hit $1 million. The goal was reached. And that means that weird living backpack daisy sloth creature is now yours. Uh, that I means love that thing. It's, it's pretty adorable. cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I don't have one, but it's very cute. Well, all you got to do is log in to get it. Uh, now, everyone gets it for free because the goal was broken. And uh, you get to wear it. So basically, now th- there's a video that they have on this um, this post that they put up on the official uh, the official site that shows the sloth walking toward its owner. I do not think that is a feature of this, of this product. Uh, I don't think that he crawls toward you and then you put him on your back. I think you just assign it in your inventory as a thing you can wear. And that's how it works. So don't, I just, what I'm saying is just don't get too excited about this idea that you've got this like fun, interactive tamagotchi pet that's like creeping around on the ground you just you, you gotta wear that shit that's it i think that's it i believe it does walk does it re- how though it's not a pet like how i thought there was like an option of to the two clearly i haven't i haven't done this oh wait um, can he be a pet too that's cool if that's the I case that is indeed the case okay that's rad i take it all back what i said before that's actually pretty cool now i want one <laughs> <laughs> because because if this was just a backpack that's not interesting to me long term you know i'll do it for a bit and then go well everyone's got this it's not really that unique and i don't want to wear it anymore and i'd rather wear like one of those other new backpack uh uh things that you can put on your uh put in your oh meta in the chat room puts it in a really good way it's like the pirate bird sometimes it's sometimes it lands on you but other times it's just hanging out oh okay well I, can you control that i assume Oh, I don't beckon. So. I think it's random. Slash beckon. Hmm. I believe it's random. What oh, the you... command is slash beckon. Okay, never mind. What all if right. it's yeah, learning all kinds of things? I did not do a deep dive into the sloth, as you can tell. Yeah. Slash bend it like beckon. All right. Anyway, so that's the thing. You can wear it now. And uh, the charity program did real well. Sloth goal has been reached, and she will become available to retail Warcraft players for free as soon as today, the 23rd, right? Yeah, today's the 23rd from within the Blizzard shop. But you got to claim her. And your favorite monkey, Garrett, Bananas. I know you love him. Didn't we talk about him before and you don't like him? <laughs> I don't like monkeys in general. <laughs> That's what I it find was. them creepy and gross. That's what it was. You don't like monkeys. You think if they're, they're creepy any larger than a spider monkey, I'm out. Okay. So like any of the apes, not in, not into it, right? You don't. Uh, I do kind of like gorillas. I find there, there's something about gorillas I do find fascinating, uh, but everything uh, a larger than a spider monkey or smaller than a gorilla in the monkey ape family. Just get out of here. Okay. Here. You're okay. But you're not going to, you're now not going to like monkey adjacent, like sign me up for some lemurs. Oh. I can, I can mess with some lemurs. Okay. But, yeah. What are those little things with the big eyes, big red eyes that hop uh, when they run? Do you know what I'm talking about? Oh, I know what you're talking about, but I don't know the name. So I want I one of those. I follow like six of those on TikTok. They're so good. <laughs> They're just like the best pets on the planet, and I want one. Follow yeah. them on TikTok. I do. There's like all these TikTok accounts with these creatures, and I never know the name of the damn things, but not not marmots, not rabbits. No, it's something else. Frick. Yes, we are being a little chimpist. The point is that... Garrett- <laughs> Garrett doesn't want to cuddle with a big old freaking ape. Chimps are like maximum gross factor for me. I just, ugh, I just don't want to be in the room. They just look like they would beat me up and then throw poop at me. Yeah, or hump you. They'll hump you. 
<sighs> yeah, yeah. Their wieners are always out, those guys. They don't, oh, they don't have wonderful. them covered up, first of all. Second of all, they're always yanking on them. And third of all, if you look like a... <laughs> You look like a date on a Saturday night. You're done. Well, I, I believe I believe they chose not to render that portion of the monkey pet. <laughs> they left the banana off the bananas. That's good. Um, well, anyway, if you haven't already got him, you better get in there. And here's the reason you want to go claim both Daisy, this sloth on your back, and bananas before the 2nd of August, 2021. It's a ways off, so you're, you're all right. But that's in Europe, Russia, and Asia. It's August 1st here in North America. So let's just say the 1st. After that date, Daisy will be available only for purchase in the in-game shop. So you can still buy her, but she will no longer be free to you. Uh, but Banana is no longer available. Done. Out. Uh, much to Garrett's chagrin, you will not be able to buy the ape from then oh, on. Oh, no. What a shame. Yeah, it's a real shame. I have I've Bananas for some reason. get rid of the reason. monkey Brightwing skin and here's the storm <laughs> forever and retroactively remove it from everyone else's account so I never have to see it again. I don't know why I have him. I have him from some other thing. I have bananas from years ago, so I don't know what that's about. I had a card, maybe like maybe it was a CCG from the old game, scratched it off and Scott Johnson, I have bring stuff up like this without giving me time to research it. I have a, I have an ape called bananas that I got from a card. Are you sure you didn't change the name of it? I'm sure of it. I'm positive. His name is bananas. Yeah. Yeah. See, there they are. They see he was originally from the card. So he's been unearthed. He's been reintroduced. And I wonder if that made that card, which these cards that people have that haven't been scratched off that are still show up on eBay and stuff, they still go for like tons of money. Um, oh, yeah. But I wonder if making bananas available in this way has reduced the value of the bananas card. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Uh, it yeah. looks like might have been from the King Makla card. You had a scratch off and yes, you get bananas. That was the huh. one. Now, Go now that you say figure. King Mukla, now I remember. That's totally it. I, uh, I always and still do want the giant chicken mount that came from the TCG, and it is very expensive on eBay. Yeah, that and your, uh, uh, your, your, um, the Crystal Tiger, not Crystal Tiger, Spectral Tiger, Spectral Tiger, which I got as a code from a friend of Blizzard, I, but I yeah, wish I had I the car because those the are going for those are like five grand or something. Yeah, I'll take I'll take it and sell it. I, I don't really want the, I, I want the chicken way more than I want the spectral tiger. Yeah, that's what I say when I go to a, this Indian restaurant. I really like. Give me the chicken. I don't want the spectral tiger. I always say uh, <laughs> too spicy. Yeah, way too spicy. Too spicy. Uh, let's see. That's basically it. It's a uh, you know I like when Blizzard does charity stuff and and that's all cool and everything. Um and 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 especially when we benefit directly from from that um that effort or whatever i donated to this charity i hope it made a difference uh it's all oh i should mention it's all just like worldwide covid relief efforts which we could really use more of right now i don't know if anyone's heard about what's going on in india but it is bad and it, um, uh you know it's just like blizzard this is so selfish they just want covid to end so they can throw another blizzcon that's all you know that's the whole motivation I was thinking about this no, last of course, night. Of course, it's for a good cause. I'm yeah, but no, you're being you're you're jesting, surely. But Je- I jest, Scott. Sure. Uh, we were talking on core last night about this uh, idea of BlizzCon. I don't know if it was on the show or in post show, but we were talking about how how on earth there's ever a BlizzCon as currently constructed ever again. And by that, I just mean even if you just look at just like the the liability that blizzard would have on them to let 30,000 or so people into a space that is an international event so people from all over the world i don't know how they how they shoulder that liability in the future i 
or any event like this. This applies to anybody. And I know everybody's really excited to get back to these, and so am I. I would love it if there was another BlizzCon, but I don't know. I don't know at what level we can say that either worldwide herd immunity is where it needs to be, or that the that the um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for the mutation rate of the virus or other viruses like it don't make this just practically impossible. And either it has to be way lower numbers of people or they have to do it regionally so you'll only go to a u.s version of blizzcon and then there'll be an asian blizzcon or one in i don't know china or wherever big markets are another in europe like maybe those are the ways they deal with it i don't know i've been thinking about it a lot um it's it's easy for some people to say bad whatever it's going away we're good we're not it's, it's all coming back i get that but i think it's more complicated even if you even if we launch into 2022 and we look at numbers and go yeah, viruses or the 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 attach rate of the virus is way 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 down. Um, you know, it's somewhere in more in the flu range now. I just feel like there's a weird liability issue for Blizzard and companies like them, where they they may not want to do it. I, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. What? It, it's it's yeah, it's wild. I mean, we're in the early days of the vaccine, right? Like uh, in my head, I was like, maybe it's 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 plausible that we might have one this year. But I think a lot of it in my head was just like, well, it just depends on how vaccine rolls out to the rest of the world. Uh, things are going pretty well here, but it's not the case for a lot of our friends in other countries, unfortunately. Yeah, Canada's um, having a hard time. Um, yeah, and, and you brought up mutations and then all that, and I don't, I don't know. I'm not a doctor, so I don't, no. I don't want to go down that road too deep, but yeah, yeah, it's I, I think one day we will have it again. Um, I, I don't know. I also live in Florida, where we never really tried to take it all that seriously in the first place. So, sure, yeah, you guys are just uh, like, yeah, the Probably big events again, and a lot of I think the onus will just be on like, do you want to go and take the risk? Yeah. Um. So yeah, I don't. I don't know. It's it is it is weird. We are still in the in the early days. I, I can see the light at the end of the tunnel, but but there could also be like a turn at the end of it. I don't I don't know which direction we're going. I I have a record I'm proud of at BlizzCon. All the BlizzCons I've been to from 2011 on, uh, never got sick, not once. How I don't know. I don't know. I, I was oh, dude, it was in every other BlizzCon thing for me. And I, I know you. Admit, the last one, you were sick. super sick. You may have even had COVID last time. That was so. bad. I thought I might have, and then I like did a lot of reading about like first like truly confirmed cases in the states, and it was just like there no, there's no way it you dumbass you didn't have COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I just had a really bad flu. Yeah, uh, you were pretty sick. I remember that. But they, but I, I for some reason, so I always had this rule. My rule was, I'd never touch my face ever. I would still shake tons of hands, but I would wash my hands anytime there was a time to do it. And this is, you know, pre-COVID, so I'm not that, I wasn't like paranoid. It was just like a rule I had. I'm like, if I want to feel good through this whole thing, I'm just not going to, I'm just going to minimize the risk. And it always worked. I never got sick. Not once. Never on the plane. Not, not never. touching your face is so vital. I know. Like, it's the key. It's the number one thing. Don't touch your freaking face. All right. Yeah. Uh, Garrett, the other thing is, is reading about Sylvanas. That's the oh, thing. tell me about that because this came out of kind of nowhere. I didn't know they were even working on another book, and I'm super same. Stoked. Yeah. I was very surprised about this, but uh, Warcraft Sylvanas has been announced and is now available for pre-purchase. Uh, it's a brand new World of Warcraft novel. Uh, you can go, you know, pre-purchase it right now. It's going to come out on November 9th of this year. Uh, and it says it's authored by New York Times bestselling and award-winning writer Christy Golden. Uh, who I randomly sat behind at BlizzCon one time and uh, during right before the opening ceremony and just talked your ears off about, uh, I believe, 
what was it? I got it right here. The Battlefront 2 novel Inferno Squad that she wrote because I had just finished it. And I was like, Chrissy Golden, oh my God, I'm such a big fan. <laughs> yeah, she's awesome. She's very nice. And um, I interviewed her here on the show a couple of times, but they're always very formal and PR surrounded and all of that. And so I've, um, I asked her recently, I said, how come we can't get another interview going? She goes, I don't know. So anyway, maybe that'll happen. Maybe we can get there. People to let her. Chrissy Golden is one of the most legitimately kind people I've ever met yeah. and just uh, had such a good time, like uh, picking her brain, um, you know, before BlizzCon. Yeah. Uh, also like uh, another kind of bonus to all of this is if you get the audio version of the book, uh, Patty, Patty Matson, the voice of Sylvanas is going to be the one narrating the audio book. Yep. So. Yep. Think of that. Oh man. The whole time you'll hear just Patty Madsen doing her normal voice, but then anytime Sylvanas has something to say, you get the real deal. Oh, that's cool. I think that's how I'm going to consume this as the audiobook for that reason. I think that sounds pretty rad. The book I, I have cover, a feeling it'll probably be very much like the Arthas book uh, that I still haven't read in full. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. Kinda, Wait, you're the world's biggest Arthas fan. What happened there? I, I just feel like I've, I know enough of it from wikis and, <laughs> and having to look stuff up for podcasts yeah. that uh, I'm not going to pick up a whole lot of new things by reading the book. Um, like my favorite Warcraft novel is still Tides of War, like the Jaina novel, because it was, was like so. It was just all new stuff that I had never heard of before. Because the well, the, that book was the first time that story was told. Um, yeah, and so yeah, I just uh, I have it. Um, it's 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 on it's on a list of things to read at some point. I couldn't tell you where on the list it is, but I just haven't gotten around to it. But I I understand that it's just like this. It's just the anthology of Arthas's story. Sure. Uh, and I have a feeling that the Sylvanas book is going to be very much the same way. Yeah, I agree. I really like the cover. Um, just a comment real quick about how it's, it reminds me of like a really nice playing card, like a queen or something. Cause on top you've got Sylvanas in the form we know her as now the Banshee queen. And then she just sort of morphs into an upside down version of her before all of that and uh yes also kudos to the artist that decided the diagonal split should be the quiver yes because that is clever and very well executed and correct like so many times that looks so wrong the way that they try to they try to connect them at the hip and it's wrong don't do that do do like garrett said anyway it's it's very very cool looking and i and i think there's a hint there um i think there's a hint in a few ways because there's also data mine stuff showing uh what was her name before all this? Something uh, Ranger or no? What they call her before she I mean, was her name? Her name was Sylvanas. Uh, uh, she was just, uh, Ranger General. Is that what it was? Okay, Ranger General. Whatever it was, she well, she, and and the group she was with was called the Far Striders. I'm I'm not sure which which name you're trying to pull. I don't remember either. I, for some reason, there's something in there. But anyway, uh, before Arthas did his dirty business there, uh. We're getting a model. She's there's a model of that, a new model in the in the data mining of nine point one, and then there's also this book. I think the hint is we're just going to get a redemptive arc with her, and she's going to get to be back to her old self. That's my thinking. I could be wrong, and that may sound too easy and cheap, but I like Christy Golden's uh, methods, and she could probably pull this one off. But thoughts about that? You think I'm wrong? You think I'm uh, smoking the kraken? <laughs> I, I I do think Sylvanas will redeem herself. Yeah. I don't think it's going to be that clean. I don't think she's going to be like, and I figured out the error of my ways. Let me be reborn as a perfectly normal high elf again. Yeah. 
I don't, I don't see that happening. I, I, I don't think it'd be, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens, but I do think, I do think Sylvanas is not picking up with the jailers laying down anymore. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's going to see the error of her ways. Here's the, about the book in this inside cover, um, Ranger. Oh, there it is. Ranger general, Ranger general slash Banshee queen, war chief Sylvanas windrunner was born of many titles to some. She is a hero to others, a villain. But whether or to sorry, whether in pursuit of justice, vengeance, or something more, Sylvanas has always sought to control her own destiny. The power to achieve these goals has never been closer. As Sylvanas works alongside the lip of the jailer to liberate all Azeroth from the prison of her fate, of fate rather, her final task: secure the fealty of their prisoner, King Anduin Rin, which I guess we've seen in a cutscene. Uh, to succeed. Sylvanas will be forced to reflect on the harrowing path that brought her to the jailer side. So probably some flashbacks is my thinking. We're going to see some, uh, you know, some moments of her life that we haven't heard about before and reveal her truest self to her greatest rival. Here, Sylvanas' uh, complete story is laid bare from the breaking of the Windrunner family and her rise uh, to rise uh, to Ranger General to her own death at the hands of Arthas and her renewed purpose and founding of the Forsaken. Uh, to the moment she first beheld the maw and understood the true consequences of what lay before the veil of death. But as her moment of victory draws near, Sylvanas Rinrunner will make a choice that will ultimately come to define her. A choice that's hers alone to make. Bah, bah, bah. I should have played this. I should have had music going for that. Jeez. <laughs> anyway. You should have. It was very dramatic. I enjoyed your reading there. Thank you. Screwed it up a couple times, but uh, yeah, it's uh, you can get it now. Go to Amazon, go to whatever, uh, pre order it wherever books are sold. And um, they're really good books. Her books are great, and I have I'm I'm legit excited to read this one. And hopefully, we can get her for an interview at some point. Um, and I don't know, we'll see. They, they have less PR people for that than they used to, so maybe that's why I haven't been able to secure one, but we'll do what we can. All right, uh, moving on. We didn't talk about it last week because we weren't here, but it was a big week for one point, and that was the, the 9.1 PTR launched. And to some, that seemed yeah. earlier than they expected uh, to a lot of people, which leads us down the path of, well, maybe that means we're going to get the patch sooner than we uh, than we had hoped, maybe. Um, there are a few weird things you mentioned uh, when we first started talking before the show that uh, for a hot minute, people could fly in there due to some bug. And, uh, I believe it's been fixed. Uh, I, I haven't gone in and tried it myself, but yeah, in Corthia, the new area, I keep calling it a zone. It's an area. It's right. like an add on to the maw. Right. Uh, it, there, there was a bug there where you could, you could fly in there. Um, I do believe it's been fixed. could be wrong. I don't know. Like I said, didn't try it personally, so I can't tell you, but um, yeah, <laughs> it's pretty great. And, which just makes my brain kind of run away with, wait, wait are they going to like surprise us and be like, you can fly in the mall, mother effers. Here you go. <laughs> Patch 9.3. Big surprise. Yeah. I'd be all down with that. I want to fly everywhere at this stage of the game. I, I, I have no, yeah. I have no I mean, problem it, with the gated at first, but I just think it's time. Let's fly. Let's go. Yeah. 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 I, I think, I think 9.1 would be too soon to fly in the mall. Um, but uh, yeah, let me, I'm ready to fly everywhere else right now. Been playing a load of ESO, um, just cause I've been a little on, you know, like, like we've talked about, I kind of hit a wall with wow, kind of holding off for nine one a little bit. Been playing Elder so Scrolls online. far from alone, Scott. Yeah. I think uh, many people who can understand where I'm coming from, but, uh, started playing a little ESO again. I, I always love that game and I love the tone of it. Um, but what, uh, strikes me is, is, is that I don't, mi- there's no flying in that game on by design. It's all, ground mounts and consistent with elder scrolls in general 
and um, it feels right. And I never once go, oh, I wish I could fly. I never feel that way. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I, I still, I still come back to this sometimes where I just think, man, if they had never introduced flying, we wouldn't have all these complications with flying. Um, I'm not saying I want to remove it though, because some of my favorite memories of the game are seeing like a zone that I used to only be able to, to see on foot, but now I can fly over it. Like it was, it's an amazing thing. And so it all is what it is and you can't change. You can't, you know, go back in time and change anything, but I don't know. Flying does, flying does weird things to a game. We've learned over time. Uh, anything about this make you think we're going to get nine one sooner than perhaps you thought previously? That's a pretty quick PTR compared to what we thought. It is getting rapidly iterated upon. And I, uh, what is it today? 23rd yesterday, they did more raid testing, I believe on two more bosses. So, I mean, they're moving along and to me, it seems pretty well put together. Um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's not in there, but like that's mostly during the intro quests. Like, there's just a lot of redacted cinematics. Um, <laughs> I was I was laughing uh, about it because like the first one that's redacted is clearly the one we saw at BlizzCon. Like, it is so obviously sure. the Anduin attack, mm-hmm. and it's just like redacted. And I'm like, what are you hiding? We've all already seen it. Put yep. it in the PTR. <laughs> yep, yep. It's uh, it's yeah. out. The genie's out of that bottle, yo. You can't hide it anymore. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just um, I have high hopes for nine one, but I'm also I look at the I look at the patch over time, and I just or look at what's intended to be part of this patch, and um, I don't know. I'm having a really I, I feel like the proof will be in the actual pudding when I get boots on the ground and I can play those areas. And I'm not really a PTR guy, so I guess I could be doing that now, but. I don't. You could. It doesn't take that long to go, like at least start the new zone. But I think mm-hmm. that I'm not really going to have a strong op- opinion on the new area, not zone. I keep doing that uh, <laughs> until we kind of like grind it out and kind of see its story through because it's like you, all the covenants converging and building it up. And in the very beginning, it's very straightforward daily quests, really nothing remarkable, in my opinion. But sure. um, I'm wondering if it's not going to be dissimilar from Mechagon, which I really disliked at the beginning. And as my rep went up with that new faction, all these other activities opened up and suddenly Mechagon was a really interesting place to be. Sure. And some of that you just don't know until you get past that early gating and find out what's underneath. Yeah. Um, which I am not going to do on PTR. That's, that's, no, thank you. That's, I'm not that type of player. I, uh, I'm much like you, prone to burnout. And so like, I, I dip my toe in the PTR just to take a look. Just to kind of, sure, kind of get a, a taste of it, and then I'm out of there. I do not want to grind on the PTR. I'll tell you what. Um, uh, I'd given some some nice comments in the last couple of weeks to Final Fantasy XIV, its community, and some other things. I'll tell you one thing that drove me nuts about that game, and that is that once you're used to the way WoW does it, it seems broken if it's not done that way anywhere else. And that is the way you move between zones. Like for some reason, I don't know why this is true of a relatively modern MMO, but um, you know, and wow, you always go from Orgrimmar to Ashran. You go, oh shit! Look at the colors, and the, there's no load screen. There's no like bump into a fake wall and have it so say, "Do you sure you want to go into this new zone?" You just literally transition into it because you're there, and the whole world's like that, except for flight paths or not flight paths, but like uh, zeppelin trips and instances. Okay, I get it. Those have always made sense that you'd have to zone into that stuff, but. But WoW was different than EverQuest and others in that there was no fake wall that you would then hit and then had to load into. And they were really yeah, one of the first major to do it. continents, right? Yeah. 
And that's amazing. That's a really cool. That was groundbreaking at the time of WoW's launch. And um, uh, it feels like every other MMO has figured out how to do that also. Like Guild Wars 2 does that stuff just fine. ESO, no problem going from place to place without having to wall it, you know, load into something. For some reason, Final Fantasy XIV just feels like a, a set of rooms and they all have doors. And the doors mean you just get to a little like these weird blue dots in this zone that just means, oh, this is the end of the map. And you're, now you're going to have a load screen. It's weird. I don't know why they do it. It bugs me. It's a limit of their That's engine that, or uh, something. Really turned me off of the um, Shadow of Mordor sequel. It was so <laughs> weirdly compartmentalized. It felt like a a jank PS2 game. Yeah, and I liked that game, but you're not wrong. There was a structural I the thing first to one. it. I I really liked the first one. I I I think I got like ninety percent of the achievements in the yeah. first game. Yeah, I quit the second one, and I paid it paid full price for that damn thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but yeah, lots of loads, real a lot, a lot of loading screens like that. It kind of really, kills it. Really takes yeah. Me out and of I it. think you know, Chad makes a point. I don't know who said it here. Um, oh, Kefa says maybe it's because of the console needs, uh, at least of the time for a PS4 and an Xbox to properly zone for Final Fantasy. Maybe, but well, ESO is also ESO, on those consoles, though. and it doesn't have yeah. this problem. So I don't know. It's very weird. Anyway, I don't understand. Side note, but, just yeah. an odd thing. It takes me out of it is what I'm saying a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, but no, uh, 9.1 looks good. It looks like a, a good addition. Um, you know, again, we're not getting a massive new zone. We're getting an area. And so that's like not the most exciting thing in the world, but it's also kind of on par with past patches and kind of the arc of the expansion. It's just that we are unfortunately in this this lull and this, this delay uh, courtesy of everything that happened in 2020. By the way, I looked up on YouTube a uh, flying bug in 9.1, hoping that I would find somebody who maybe videoed it. But I don't think I don't think you're allowed to put PTR stuff up. Maybe you are. I don't know. But you instead, can stream the PTR. Can you? Okay, so that's probably fine. Instead, I found this video of World of Tanks flying bug in their 9.1, <laughs> and that uh, there's all these tanks flying around in the world. They're not supposed to be able to fly. So you know, they're tanks after all. They're not meant to fly i don't think and uh that cracks me up so thanks world of tanks you made my day better all right (laughs) time for the main quest uh 19 years is a long time i don't care how you measure it uh, that's a long ass time and somebody at blizzard thought that was just long enough and that person is jeff kaplan a 19-year veteran of blizzard and one of the uh, most public facing game directors Blizzard's had for a very long time. Of course, uh, at the moment, Overwatch, before that, World of Warcraft, uh, for a while there, Titan, although he kind of disappeared during that. Um, he's leaving. He is leaving and has left, actually. There is, uh, there's no yeah, like... He, he go- he's gone. Yeah, he's up and out of there. And uh, uh, let's look at the history a little bit. 19 years, started there in what? That's 2002, I guess. Um, responsible for very early World of Warcraft stuff questing in, in particular um there's there's a great quote that he gives a couple of times about how everyone in stranglethorpe vale hates that quest where you got to go find all the pages in the book and he uh, blizzard usually a mo- one of the most hated quests by players and blizzard alike and and he fully admits that but like that was one of his chances are if you played world of warcraft in those days leading up till he left for titan you played content designed by jeff and his backstory is super interesting because he started with that company as um, 
he was like a forum troll like kind of an well, a-hole he was playing everquest in <laughs> right. rob pardo's guild right he was in rob like. pardo's guild and 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 on his off time he was kind of this trolley forum guy like the kind of person i don't know if you'd ever hire today and i don't, I don't mean no casting dispersions here he's just kind of a very active you know poke at people kind of tr- troll dude uh playing in that guild not knowing that those guys were top brass at blizzard just knew he was in a guild in everquest and he got hired out of that, which is just a yeah, crazy at, at story. At the same time this was happening, Rob Pardo was currently the lead designer on Warcraft 3. Right. Yep. And they knew they were they had, you know, WoW was on the paper. It was on the docket. They were, so well, according to Metzen, they were de- developing those two games exactly the same time. Like it was, it was, I didn't oh, know yeah. this before, but they were dual developing. I remember both seeing games. screenshots of like internal WoW tests, like a year after Warcraft three launched. I think yeah. I was playing Warcraft three and I remember like, I don't know. Is that a, I don't know. Pick a bookstore. It's not around anymore. I was at some bookstore and I was like, Oh, PC mags, the new PC, PC gamers out. Let's see. Oh, look, oh, damn. There's, there's, there's screenshots from world of Warcraft. And I was actively going through the Warcraft three campaign for the first time. Right. Right. then. right. Yeah. It's, it's a very, it's a very interesting time in the game's history because they were still sort of scrappy and small ish. I mean, they were a big successful company, but not in numbers really. And not, not anything like they are. No, no not no. anything like they were post world of Warcraft. Right. So his, his time ran from, I mean, his time there ran from, you know, quest designing and other stuff, actually running, being head of that game for a while. Then he disappeared for a while, just poof and lived in a cave basically and drew and grew a giant beard and worked on Titan when nobody knows what it was he was working on, but you just did not see him at the con. You didn't see him doing any kind of press during that time. Everybody kind of knew he was, he was off somewhere working on some secrety thing. I've said and then, it before. I'll say it again. He, he was the Tony Stark of overwatch. Kinda. Jeff Kaplan built this in a cave with a box of scraps. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. Cause then, cause that, that that's, I'm glad you brought that up. Cause when Titan crashes and they fail miserably, his telling of the story is better than mine, but him, the, the story of him is having to sit down in front of some um, executives at Activision and in the face of this massive failure, which they, they call it that $150 million sunk into nothing failure of what would be their next gen MMO. And it failed. He had to say, he had to go into a meeting with the executives of the company that makes the most popular yearly uh, FPS franchise in the world, Call of Duty, and sit down to them and say, hey, from the ashes here, we would like to make a shooter. <laughs> to those guys, he says, I want to make a shooter. A thing Blizzard's never done. We have no real prowess at that we know of. We're just going to go ahead. And he had to sell them on it. And he did. And they took it. And then it succeeded without any uh, discrepancy wildly. It's a wild success. Overwatch was huge, gigantic. Has it waned in the last couple of years? Uh, certainly, but explosive, massive success for that game. Mm-hmm. And I think he's just tired. I think 19 years is a long time. I think running that game with all the pressures of the esports stuff that was being piled on over the last couple of years, and they've now finally kind of pulled back a, a bit on, but all of that hot seat, all of that just raw energy that is involved in running your most competitive and most popular game at the time. I think that just takes a toll on people. And, uh, it's an, it's a pretty good body of work, but here's my, here's my other take. The announcement of this is a strange one from normal blizzard standards. When somebody leaves, 
And I'll explain what I mean. They start the whole thing with somebody we don't know saying, we want to let you know that Jeff Kaplan has decided to leave the company after a long storied career here. And that Aaron Keller, really nice guy, by the way, a Blizzard veteran and founding member of the Overwatch team will stepping in, will be stepping in as game director. Aaron has been a critical part of Overwatch team and a key driver in creating the vision for the game. He helps create Overwatch as a original member of the team and as an 18 year veteran at Blizzard. He's also worked side by side with Jeff for a long time, not only in building Overwatch, but previously in helping build WoW as well. Now, a few words from Aaron. I'm not going to read this whole thing, but Aaron Keller did was this, five paragraphs of how Jeff was a great leader, and now he's honored to take the torch forward. And then a lot about Overwatch and how excited they are about new stuff and Overwatch 2. And then back again to a little bit of stuff about Jeff. And then they say... And we're also tremendously grateful for Jeff's contributions over the years. Please see a personal note from Jeff below. And then there's this little paragraph from from him saying, I'm leaving Blizzard after 19 years. It was truly the honor of a lifetime, yada, yada. Nice little message. GG, Jeff Kaplan. And that's unusual. What usually happens at that company is a massive blue post from the person leaving. And that's it usually we don't even usually hear about like who's going to take over maybe this is the new managerial style of the company maybe this i try not to read into it and go well maybe he left and 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 it was a bumpy bumpy leave like maybe oh i'm reading into it it's it's hard (laughs) not to i'm trying not to but it's hard not to is what i'm saying i uh, mm. yeah what do you think give me your take because i have you're the only person in my circle of wow friends that i've not talked to about this yet so what do you i'll 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 I'll, I'll preface this with with the same points i always like to make about these sort of things and and relating them to other things because boy do i see a lot of uh, a lot of ben brode in jeff kaplan's uh like spokesmanship and being the face of overwatch yeah um Ever since Ben Brode left Team Five for Hearth- so if, if you're not a Hearthstone fan, Ben Brode used to be the lead over on Hearthstone and was very, very much the face of the team, the face of the game, super personal, personable guy who loved what he was doing uh, and loved talking to the community and getting in front of people and, and and kind of sharing his passion. He left, went and started Second Dinner, took a bunch of Hearthstone devs with him, um, and and since then, no no one's really compared. They've they've had. I think some folks that are really, really good at the role um, without getting too personal or, or firing any shots. I don't think right now they have anyone that's particularly great at it. Mm. Um, new, new game director is a little robotic for my tastes, mm. but uh, the same thing happened with Jeff. And, and, and I don't think <laughs> this is it. Like we don't have any devs like that anymore. In my opinion at blizzard. Um, I think Cap- with Kaplan leaving, this is like the end of the, like the face of the game type kind of developer style. Um, and so I, yeah, I, I so th- my, the same point I want to make is that, you know, I was really worried when Ben Brode left Hearthstone, like that was he, him and a lot of the devs that left with him were, were a big part of that. And we had had almost all of them on the angry chicken. Uh, I was really worried about the future of the game. And, and in my opinion, Hearthstone did objectively get better after, after, uh, Broden and Co. went and founded a new studio. Right. Um, they started rapidly iterating on the game way more often, improving the game in, in ways that I personally find interesting and really enjoy. And I don't think we would have ever gotten Hearthstone Battlegrounds uh, under under the original leadership. I think it would have just been way too off base. 
Um, so that's all cool. So, so I want to preface all this by saying like, sometimes devs leave and, and the game's great. Like you can, you can really like a dev and, and their vision or, and, uh, and, and be sad that they're leaving. And at the same time, still like hold out hope that your game's going to get rad and go in new directions that are really exciting. That's yeah. totally fine. Sure. Um, I think everyone is looking at this and going, ah, oh, boy. Yeah. Oh, it's really hard not to see the shadow of Activision just looming over blizzard like the eye of sauron and i'm at this point i'm i'm just with you man i'm i'm with those people where there's i'm usually a where there's smoke there's fire type of person and there's just it's just non-stop billowing smoke it's like the pope has died every day <laughs> it just, does it does feel that way but there's also this i don't know if it's a myth but there's this there's always this feeling of oh this is more old guard leaving and that means it's an empty shell of its former self I don't know. I don't know enough about the new talent to say that. Who maybe there's a maybe there's an incredible new generation of guys coming. Everybody who's leaving is late 40. He's 48. You know, he could retire if he wants. He did real well at Blizzard. He'd be just fine. Uh he could go on to work for Dreamhaven. He could end up at Bonfire. He could do his own thing. He could do whatever he wants. My guess is he's done. He's just going to go chill. I could be wrong. I think the reason the, the other part of this I'm reading into on top of the fact that that post is weird as hell. Yeah, it's um, very weird. I agree with that. That part, that part really threw me. It's just a very stilted strange, but also we've had some of that with jab since he took over just general I, messaging I for Blizzard. Most of the PR statements that have come out post jab have been very cold. Yeah. And very robotic. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't know what but changed we've still there. gotten the standard blue post from the dev when they leave. We just got one in Heroes of the Storm when our lead balance designer, AZ Jackson, left. Like, big old forum post saying, hey, gonna miss you all, but I'm off to Diablo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and it's it's just hard not to read into it. It's like, well, let's see. One of them stayed internal and moved to a different team, and they got to, like, say a proper goodbye. And it's like, to me, I read. it's hard for me not to read in that and go, well, it's because they're still on the team. Yeah. They're still playing ball. They were allowed to say what they wanted to say because they're, they're sticking around, whereas someone like Jeff is, like, leaving Blizzard and what they get, like, four sentences. Yeah. Like, it's really – and also, like, to me, it's the – sorry, the other thing I'm reading into is, like, it seems really strange that he's been working on Overwatch 2 this long and isn't going to see it to launch. Yeah, especially if it's as close as they have hinted, even though they've never given a date. But um, And also the game uh, 1, Overwatch 1, has just gone quiet. And it's still in the competitive scene, and it's still a game, and you can play it. But there's no, there's no regular map rollouts. There's no... Like if any, it's it's weird to say this, but HOTS, which they clearly and very publicly pulled way back from, still gets more updates and more content, new content than Overwatch does, and I think that's that's odd for for it a is, game. It is very strange. Twenty twenty yeah. was not kind of Overwatch. I mean, they just laid off a ton of esports staff. Uh, they just broke the news that yeah, hey, about those in person arena games, that's probably never going to happen. Yeah. The good news, right. in my opinion, is that Aaron Keller, as stilted and weird as that post was from him and Blizzard, uh, he's awesome. He's a really cool dude. I got a chance to talk to him for like an hour and a half once at one of those meet and greets, and he's just really great. I think he's got everything you'd need in a, in somebody in leadership to do a great job on that team. The worry is more that there's systematic stuff going on that, regardless of his leadership skills, something will get stunted and Aaron, blink twice if bobby kotick is holding you against your <laughs> yeah, there's a little bit of that feeling right just a little <laughs> bit of 
Like, are you guys okay? Are you guys all right? And it's impossible not to think that way. I, I refuse to go completely to the other side and say it's a burning tire fire. I just it's that's ridiculous. But it's not it's not too crazy to think that this shift in overall corporate culture isn't part of what's pushing these these old school guys out. And moving, having them move on to other things. But even more telling is that they all leave and then immediately align themselves with like Morheim's new project. That tells me that it ain't happening in a blizzard anymore. That's the simplest line to draw is that it's not the company they used to work for. Yeah. Like, which is what we, we try and meter, but at a certain point, I don't know. I'm, 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 I think I've just changed boats, man. I'm just like, yeah, it's not the old blizzard. It's, it's, it's over. Yeah. That that party has come to an end. Yeah. That Um, thing it used to be is not the thing it used to be. Uh, Whatever that is, however you define it, it's just not that anymore. Or at least it just appears not to be. And unless they show us some, some other thing that tells me different, you know, I don't see it happening. If you want to hear some really, I thought some really honest and, cutting commentary um listen to the last episode of core john jagger in particular had i think a really strong take about some of this and uh i I won't try to reiterate it here but this just this discussion reminds me of how um i mean he was pretty blatant about it but it was really good and i think maybe helps describe some of this feeling that we're all feeling about about the venerable old uh machine that is blizzard so yeah i yeah it's it's also it's overwatch and i have a little bit of a bias because i just don't think the game is good enough to warrant still having fans in my opinion yeah. like yeah. to me that, that that game did not have a long tail um and I think it could and, have like because i could not you couldn't pay me to feign interest in it at this point which is why I've, i haven't done overwatch coverage in forever um and and also like i've i've been somewhat outspoken about thinking overwatch two looks like an expansion and not a new box product. Yeah. Like it, overwatch two really truly does look like a money grab to me. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, yeah. it looks like they want a new box on shelves to make money or a um, way for executives that uh, not to get contra or not get conspiratorial, but executives at Activision to feel like, Oh, big movement on the overwatch front. will sell a ton of those copies because they're, they have a two on it. It does feel that way because yeah, what they and, showed does not feel like a sequel. What they showed feels like bonus content, and I'm all for like bonus content. But to me, man, <laughs> like, it's like, oh, cool new costumes. Those could just be skins. Yeah, they could be. And we could just keep adding new maps and adding new modes and expanding the existing game. And the little the um, little tweaks you're making to the engine to make it better performing and just nicer looking or whatever those uh, those are super incremental and they look good, but they don't look. They're not generational. They're very small. Yeah. Yeah. So, and again, it's know. like there's a part of my brain that go like this is such a meaty conversation for me. I could talk about this forever, but my, my brain kind of goes like I look at Hearthstone as like my example. Right. As like. Yeah, I'm not I'm, I'm I really enjoy it. I'm, I'm I love still talking about it. I love playing the game. I don't feel the same connection to it that I did like when the original developers and the original team was there because right. it was just it felt family adjacent like I, actual friends with some of those people sure. and it, it just felt like something i wanted to be a part of the community of and now it's like the game is holding my interest more than it ever has it's just constantly firing on all cylinders with new updates and whatnot and yeah there's been some there's been some missteps and they've had to you know patch and fix some things but i would rather 
have regular updates and there to be some bugs and then fix it afterwards and be bored for three months. Yeah. Um, and so like with my, I, I'm kind of wondering if Blizzard is going to go that route where like, I'm not going to be a diehard fan anymore. Where like, it's this part of my identity, even though it will always will be, my life is forever changed because of the games that's made by this damn company. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, it's undeniable. But, in my case but like at, at this point i'm just like what, what do you want me to do like like in, it's like they, they keep firing people like yeah. the, the, they've really lost in my opinion their ability to to connect with us on a on a personal level um that's, that's the, the biggest thing. change if i'm if i'm if i'm really getting down to it the biggest change for me this is just a personal take and i think you probably share this and i know others that do but they are not connecting with their most ardent fans and their most ardent creators anymore. Like they used to, they just aren't, they don't reach out like they used to. I don't know if it matters to them as much as it used to. And it's okay. You know, I mean, I don't need to constantly have that feeling that somebody at blizzard is making sure to talk to the community in that way. Um, and and maybe they pulled back from that because it's just not profitable. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the reasons are, but it's definitely there's a change there. And I know there's a lot of change arounds in PR and there was a big change around in the way the community works over there. And I can tell you, I can feel it. I can totally feel it. It's just different than it yeah, used to be. Yeah. So, yeah, that's just kind of the thing. I, I think Blizzard's going to become a studio that probably puts out way more games more often that are probably really fun to play. But I think also doesn't grow and foster feverishly joyous fans the way it used to yeah because that that kind um, of fandom is rare like it's rare there aren't too many companies that and you know engender that sort of following you might could say valve but they're really not making games anymore so they're, they're the reasons you used to just slavishly think about valve that that's diminished in the face of just steam being a money printer and they don't really need to do much else they do things here and there but um you know riot feels like they've got a little of this DNA, but most of that's from people who have left Blizzard and gone there anyway. Um, and oh, also, they, yeah. And Lord knows they have their own, their own cornucopia of issues. Exactly. So I, you know, we, everyone always says never put too much faith in, in companies, you know, companies aren't there for you or whatever, but Blizzard always held this rarefied space of feeling like that was maybe a little bit different. And the more they lost their independence, even at their massive size, I think the, that's where we're at now. And I think it was just always inevitable. It's just like, well, at some point, um, you know, a lot of this is Activision having to rely on Blizzard for more and more of its bottom line, because on the Activision side, you got Call of Duty, and that's kind of it. You lost the Destiny exclusivity stuff. They're gone um, doing their own yeah, thing. seems so... so- it's strange. just don't you I can oh i'd love to know more about too. that that's a story i want to sit down with some bungee people i want to hear that story we're never going to hear it but i want to hear it i bet there's some um, people at blizzard that want to talk to some bungee people tell us how you did it <laughs> yeah yeah it's just an odd thing and i feel like they're being really careful too careful too slow with stuff calling overwatch to a sequel instead of what it looks like which is more like expansion pack uh you know diablo 4 is the the one to me is the one shining thing that still looks like a bunch of hardcore devs working real hard on a thing we're all going to love that's right now at least i have that feeling whatever that feeling is i have it with the with diablo and i'm stoked but everything else feels like 
holding off, being careful, nothing new. I don't know what those, those, uh, all that, you know, that internal development was about that was all top secret because the only one we really heard about was the canceled Starcraft shooter, uh, project. And then that, all those really key people just left. They're like, well, and, and, and that was via like, uh, an anonymous source. Like that wasn't Blizzard being like, Hey, we want y'all to know we were working on the Starcraft thing and we just shit canned it. That, that was like people <laughs> in Blizzard being probably annoyed or angry enough that their baby got killed. And they're like, that's it. That's it. I'm going to Kotaku. I'm yeah. telling my story. Yeah. I think, I think you're probably right. But like Browder, Dustin Browder and those guys taking off after that was very telling. And that was also super stealthy and quiet. Like there was no, they didn't want to advertise that after many years, Ben or uh, uh, Dustin Browder, after all, the, they just that was just like a weird, like gone kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, a lot of it's called it's being professional, man. Like, what are they going to do? Like, raise a yeah. big stink? Like, for what? For the, just to, to rile people up? To Well, I figured it would be no, like, what I mean by that is like, I thought Blizzard had just come, I thought they'd be less stilted and more positive about it. Like, more, more of, um, wow, Dustin, what a, what a legacy he's had here. Uh, there'd be no Starcraft two without him. There'd be no hots without him. Like this is a, this is a, you know, we're really going to miss him, but we know he's going to do great things. We didn't get any of that. We just got, <laughs> we got anything. I think I found out like fourth hand. No. It was weird. I found out from that, that Schreier piece that talked about, I was like, wait, when did Browder oh, leave? Right. When? That was the Schreier thing. Yeah. They, they're always Schreier, man. Like, yeah, dude, it's just uh, people love love dropping bomb. He, he's a magnet for that uh, stuff. Unattributed sure. news to Jason Trier. Yeah, he likes that stuff. Well, anyway, uh, there's more to be said about this. Certainly, uh, in future episodes, we'll we'll dig a little deeper. But uh, Jeff Kaplan, a name of infamous quality here uh, here at Blizzard. There at Blizzard. Gonna, mi- gonna miss you, man. Yeah. Uh, excited to see what you do next, even if it's uh, relaxing in a hammock. Oh, lawn care. Who likes it? Do you? Well, I don't mind it if I know what I'm doing or if I can have a nice lawn, but sometimes, even as hard as I try, it doesn't really work out the way I want it to. So that's when I bring in Sunday. It's more than just a lawn care product. It's a custom lawn care plan with a variety of ways to help you grow a beautiful lawn, control your weeds, and remove pests. They take out all the guesswork and unwanted chemicals so you can grow a beautiful lawn that's better for people, pets, and the planet. So what I like about Sunday the most was how easy it was to use the website. Um, you just go in there, it scans your area and says, yeah, this is what you need. And then they send it in the mail. It's pretty great. The free lawn analysis is simple, fast, and accurate. And uh, it really is working for us. I mean, I've already got weeds that I don't have to look at anymore, <laughs> which is kind of nice. Anyway, here's what I want you to do. They're taking more care of your lawn than ever Sunday is. And I just went to Sunday.com, put in my home address, and their free lawn care analysis took care of the rest, all in just seconds. Uh, Sunday uses soil and climate data to create a tailored nutrient plan, so you get all the stuff your lawn needs and nothing it doesn't. Sunday has made, uh, or sorry, Sunday is made rather with ingredients that you can actually pronounce, like seaweed, iron, and molasses, so you can grow better and feel better about it. All I had to do was attach the ready-to-use pouch to a garden hose and spray. It was that easy. Best of all, this stuff really works. All my grass looks better than ever. And it's early in the spring still here. And it's still kind of cold where I live, but yet it's working. Let Sunday take the guesswork out of a, growing a greener, more beautiful lawn this spring. Visit GetSunday.com slash wow and get 20%, excuse me, $20 off your custom lawn plan. That's even better. 
at checkout. That's $20 off your custom plan at GetSunday.com slash wow. Go do it today. Today's episode is also brought to you by our friends at ExpressVPN. I love ExpressVPN and I appreciate them supporting the show. I think my data is important. Do you? A few decades ago, private citizens like us used to be largely that, private, but something changed. The internet. Think about everything you've ever browsed, searched for, watched, tweeted, whatever. Now imagine all that data is being crawled through, collected, aggregated, and sold by third parties. It's all part of the permanent record, your record. Having your data and your life exposed that way is, I don't know, it's pretty lame. Only celebrities used to have to worry about that stuff, but now you do. So, to keep my data uh, data private, when I go online, I use ExpressVPN. Did you know that there are hundreds of data brokers out there? Their sole business is to buy and sell your data. The worst part is they don't have to tell you they're doing it or get your consent. Every time I use ExpressVPN, I get a random IP address. I get have that shared with other ExpressVPN customers. That makes it more difficult for third parties to identify me and harvest my data. No taking my data. And the best part is how easy it is to use. No matter what you're on, phone, laptop, smart TV, you just have one tap and you're in. That's my favorite part. Might be yours too. So if like me, you believe your data is your business, secure yourself with the number one rated VPN on the market. Visit expressvpn.com slash wow and get three extra months for free. That's expressvpn.com slash wow. Expressvpn.com slash wow. Go there and learn more. My favorite story, I told this on Twitter, I'll tell it again. My favorite story of Jeff Kaplan is this. I only met him a couple of few times at Blizzard and it was very short. Handshakes upstairs, just nothing, you know, never really got to know him. I knew more about him through Metzen than I did personally. But there was one morning before opening uh, ceremonies, (laughs) we were down in the Hilton Bar area, Kim and I. And maybe somebody else was there. Maybe just been. Oh, my kids were there that year. We were all there. And it was, I think, the year it was 2015. That's what it was. And we're sitting there and off to the my periphery. I see him and I think Cho and somebody else show up uh, real quick. They look like they were in kind of a hurry. And they sat down and the waiter brought them burgers. And I watched these three Overwatch guys. Oh, it was probably Aaron Keller, actually. And I watched them. Okay, eat hold those on. Bur- I'm- I'm going to pause. Are you about to tell me that you creepily sat in a corner and watched <laughs> Blizzard developers chow down on some yes, burgers? Yes, I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it because here's why. Normally eating, fine. I'm not watching. No big deal. These guys ate these burgers like ravenous zombies in a brain factory. I've never seen anybody eat a burger like that. Just You definitely have uh, never had an interview scheduled immediately after something you were trying to watch at BlizzCon. Well, that's definitely, definitely, yeah, that, that was definitely what was going on. And as far as I know, they hit every one of their time points that day and it was all good. But holy shit, that burger disappeared. What, what a weird story. I know, it is like weird. The creepiest dude ever. You're over in the corner like, <laughs> notice me, burger senpai. Like, uh, what are you doing? Yeah, it's really weird. I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> not look. Because they had sat down, ate those burgers, and were out of there in three minutes. Unbelievable. Oh boy. Big, fat well, Hilton burgers. Anyway. Let this be a lesson to you. If you're at BlizzCon chowing down, look around, because Scott Johnson <laughs> may just be watching you eat. Well, I had a hot second there. I was like, I had to get up and just go over there and say hi, because I, I think you know we'd met before, and I almost did, but then I'm like, no, look at the way they're eating. That's I insane. I never met Jeff. 
Yeah. He's, he's I mean, nice. I really, I've, I've really like, I've always really liked Jeff. It was awesome. You know, the short stint I was doing Overwatchers of Patrick, you know, it was awesome having Jeff at the helm. He's, he's just, yep. That dude, like, he's got an awesome energy about him. Uh, it's funny here too, that he had kind of a, a trolley tendencies in his earlier days. I wasn't aware of that, but yeah, that's a funny, uh, he, he thing. clearly grew a lot as a person. Mm-hmm. Um, cause he's just, that that man is freaking motiv- motivational. I like he should go do motivational speaking. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, him just yeah, talking about games was fun to watch. And when he would do those yeah. video updates, which nobody on any other team was doing stuff like that, that was like, man, why isn't the rest of Blizzard doing these? These are great. And him sitting in front of that fireplace during Christmas for hours was amazing. Like the most meany thing ever. Like there's just a lot of that stuff. Is is and he's but but then on the other hand he's this glasses wearing kind of soft spoken guy that like it was a perfect combo all that stuff just worked as a good PR thing and I know not everybody can be that and do that not everyone can be him not everybody can be Metzen not everybody can be that rock star on those stages and be develop heads of development or whatever but he's like the last one I can think of who's left that can do that I don't know some new guy that hasn't had a chance see that's the other problem I have. There is probably a handful of people who could be the next Kaplan, could be the next Metzen, could be the next Browder. But are they, is this, is this now the environment that it used to be where those people could find that path? Or is it all being held back and is it all nervous and is it all weird? That's what I, that's what I don't know. And those people will go somewhere else before they, before they find out. But uh, That's kind of where I was going with the, like, to me, like Overwatch 2 looks a little cash grabby and, and, and like. I don't know. To me, this reeks of like corporate meddling. Like, uh, I feel like the dude, there was a breaking point. Yeah. And that like, it's, it's, I usually don't, I don't know. I usually don't let these, these personal thoughts fly. Yeah. I try and uh, try and not, not feed the conspiracy fire, but it is just hard not to look at this and be like, dude, it's been working on the sequel for so long. Why leave now? Yeah. It's weird. The timing's weird. All right. Well, We've done what we can do there, but have we done this? Mr. Johnson, I have, I have questions. No, we haven't. We haven't answered this email yet. Uh, the instance at gmail.com is the email address to use, and the guy who wrote in is Bill. Bill, thanks for writing in. He says, hello, gentlemen. Scott and Garrett, been a long, long listener, long, long time listener. <laughs> He's not a long listener. He's a long time listener. Might uh, be. Might be a, I might mean, be might a be. long individual. You sure. don't know. I'm 6'4". I'm, I feel long sometimes. Oh, yeah. I, I probably should not talk about that anymore anyway um (laughs) been a long time listener and played since shortly after launch and right up till legion i've stayed active in the community even though i no longer play i've been very interested in the classic re-releases of uh, of expansions and thought that they were a unique way for blizzard to celebrate its historic game with players and fans well i agree with burning crusade coming in the near future and the inevitable announcement of wrath classic i don't know if it's inevitable but whatever we'll get to it when we get to it I got to thinking that perhaps they are sweetening players up for something. What if these classic realms are a way to prepare players for the next generation of World of Warcraft? Meaning, WoW 2. Could Blizzard be working on a new version of the game that brings it into the modern era of gaming? Classic realms would also allow players to continue with the original game uh, while retail goes down. Goes down? Oh, I mean, it goes down in numbers, I guess. Uh, then come back to this new high-res state for all new game altogether. Is this even possible? Is there anything that could validate this line of thought? What would be needed to do such a thing? And how would it play out? What are your feelings about WoW 2? Thanks for uh, the podcast that I consistently listen to. Thanks for the many years of joy and laughter that you have given me by sharing your lives with us. Forever a fan, Bill. Well, Bill, uh, 
I've often thought about what WoW 2 would be. Um, back in the day before he went kind of weird, uh, Phil, uh, Kurt Schelling would come on the show and say, oh, they're going to make a WoW 2. You watch. There'll be a WoW 2. He'd always talk about that. And I remember at the time thinking he was crazy because why would they ever cannibalize their own game with a game on top of a game? And we've seen what happened with EverQuest 2. It was never the success that one was and blah, blah, blah. Um, but the longer we get into the lifespan of the game, the more I'm convinced that if they did launch a proper MMO sequel to WoW, that it would be a massive success for them. And WoW original would basically become a place where people could go and play basically at a giant classic WoW that included classic classic WoW, but then sort of classic retail WoW. And it just sort of exists in its own place and does its own thing and has its fans that no one ever wants to leave. But they would make gangbusters and destroy the world with a proper sequel. But I feel like now after today that that would require the Blizzard of old to pull off. I'm not sure they have the heart for it now. So that's my take. That's why I don't think we'll get it because I don't think the heart's there like it used to be. I think it it, it will surprise you to hear that I don't really disagree with you. (laughs) We we, like (laughs) no the longest time I've. I've agreed with you and I still agree with you. Like I agreed with old Scott who was just like, no, what are you, are you nuts? You can't do wow two. look at EverQuest two. No one gave a crap. Yeah. There's still people playing EverQuest one. <laughs> Maybe that's what Jeff Kaplan's going to do. He's going to go return to his roots and just live out his, 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 uh, his retirement. If he even is retiring, just, just jam in EverQuest one sessions. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, but yeah. It, yeah, it's I mean, we're really just in an uncharted territory in the in the in, in, like in the from the vanilla, like the vanilla to like cataclysm miss arc, man, like that, the golden just domination World of Warcraft empire where mm-hmm. no other MMO could even make a dent. It seemed like a, a proper wow two would just be the worst idea on Earth. Yeah. But now we're like and, and there was just such a. There was like a such a clear picture of what the MMO landscape looked like. You had World of Warcraft and you had everything else. Everything else, yeah. Uh and and it just it was what it was, right? But now we're like we're we are in like the twilight years of World of Warcraft. Like this game is is old. Uh doesn't have as many players as it used to. It will probably never have that many players again. Um and at the same time it's just like the MMO landscape has changed because you don't have so many also brands trying to be the next World of Warcraft. You no, you've Fantasy, got you have very unique takes. Like Final Fantasy fourteen is is a very different kind of game tonally and story wise and everything else. It's like providing a different thing, not just a clone. Guild Wars two feels a little cloney, but they have their own words or things to say. ESO plays yeah. very differently. It plays more like a shooter, third person shooter in a lot of ways, and plays more like a proper actual Elder Scrolls game. Yeah, like an Elder Scrolls game, which is a very different kind of game. Which, which is yeah. why I always come back to this. I don't want WoW two. I want, I want WoW the single player Skyrim like. I want that world and that fidelity, and that massiveness in a giant arcing story where I am the center of it. And I don't care if I'm grouping with anyone. I just want to play that single player game. I don't think that's probably ever going to happen in my lifetime, but I would pay the, I would pay for the hell of that game to get made. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Cause if it's going to be so similar, it's like, again, you should just do like a complete overhaul of the current game. Right. Like every single item, every blade of grass is exactly where it is. It all just looks better. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, and then it was just showing the chat and Unreal Five recreation of Nagrand somebody made. 
every time I see one of these where someone goes and takes a, a modern, you know, photorealistic engine and makes Warcraft stuff, uh, you know, silver moon and this engine or whatever, whatever it is, it just makes me go, Oh, I want that world. But in a, in a giant single player doesn't even have to, I don't just mean just like a Bethesda Elder Scrolls game. I just mean the wow thing, but give me that massiveness and that, and that detail and that texture level and that whatever. Oh, I just, I really want that. It's not going to happen though. I want it to, but it won't. Probably right. not. Probably. Uh, not. But at the same time, like, yeah, it's like we're somewhat, we're in such an uncharted territory. And it's like, what, what, what could be next? And it's like, yeah, I mean, at this point, I don't think it's likely. I don't think it's plausible. Yeah. But I think a Warcraft or a WoW 2 could work now because we're just <laughs> we're just so far into it. Yeah, we're 15 point. years into this damn game. That's long. That's a long time. And some would say, well, we're still playing EverQuest. That's 20-something. Yeah, I get it. I get it. But we're not. This isn't no, no disrespect to EverQuest or any other long-running anything. But World of Warcraft is the the gorilla and it's a different animal when you're talking about it. It just is. So I'm glad that you went with an ape that I like <laughs> one of the apes you like the one that isn't going to hump you or throw poo at you. That's yeah, what I like. Gonna, too. It's going to fight Godzilla until it has a reason <laughs> not to fight Godzilla. And I'm not going to say why it wouldn't fight Godzilla. Cause that would be a spoiler, but you get the idea. All right. Now uh, you may have noticed that we got into some deep discussion today uh, in and around the Kaplan Kaplan moving thing, but also the state of blizzard. And I'm happy to report that we're doing a little behind the scenes construction on the show that will mean more of that. And I don't just I don't mean just like, you know, oh, Blizzard's in trouble kind of talk. That's not what I mean. But but like we're becoming the instance, the doomsaying, the doomsaying edition. No, we're going to we, we want to have deep, esoteric, broader discussions about bigger issues around the game, around the company, around how these kinds of games are made. Um. I'm not going to give you a ton of detail here because we're still working through it, but we have some really cool ideas we're working on. So, you know, for a show that's as nearly as old as the game itself, uh, doing a few little tweaks behind the scene to, I don't know, bring it into a place that we're, that we're both passionate about. So, so watch for more of that coming soon. There's a little teaser for you. Oh, before I forget, uh, my rock runner campaign still going and I made, see, I've spilled, I spilled a drink on it this morning and I'm super embarrassed, but uh, while I was doing the show, I spilled it. Anyway, I, we made a play mat for rock runners incorporated the game I'm kickstarting currently on Kickstarter. And it's this awesome little play mat neoprene mat where you put your deck of draw cards, your play deck and uh, these tokens that you get for who wins the game for rock runners incorporated. If you haven't heard of it before, it's a Kickstarter card game. I'm making a physical one. I did all the art, the design, the game concept, all of it. And it's up on Kickstarter right now, ripping through its, uh, it's various uh, stretch goals. Thanks to you fine folks at home. If you haven't checked it out, there's still time. And we have already done some really rad upgrades because of the levels we've gotten to, including some free stuff that you weren't ever going to get before. And now you're going to get. So if you want to learn more, go to Kickstarter and search for rock runners, or you can go to frogpants.com slash rock runners for details. Scott, you should uh, make a new like donor level, make it some obscene amount. And it's a one of like one of one. Mm. And if they do that, they get your stained prototype <laughs> that you just spilt the drink on. Yeah. I mean, I'll get another sample in soon because these are just proof samples. But um, yeah, I, I'm hanging on to it with the big fat stain on it in case somebody wants this one of once in a lifetime version of the of the pad. Nice idea. 
I shouldn't call it a pad that absorbs things. I'll call it something else. Anyway, um, that's a fun thing, and I'm super stoked about it. And a giant thanks to anybody who has helped uh, support it thus far. It's been really fun so far. A uh, quick note that uh, you can find all our stuff at theinstance.net, including our support system. Go over there, become an Instance Plus member today, and get rad benefits, including artwork in the mail. You want a cool card in the mail every month? That's one way to get that. So go check it out. That's theinstance.net. Uh, Garrett, anything going on on amove.tv this week that we should know about? Well, uh, one Jocelyn Carney has been absent from the Angry Chicken for a month, and this past Monday made her triumphant return to the program. Nice. Uh, so I would recommend you go and listen to that. Uh, everything's at amove.tv. Just go there. I've got tons of podcasts. Yeah. Go give it a listen. Tons of content. That's right. If you don't, if you're like, man, Heroes of the Storm is still my favorite Blizzard game. Good news. Kyle yeah, we had a really great chat yesterday with Bahamut from the CCL because mm. season two starts this weekend. Nice. So you look at that. Reaching out to the community, making all kinds of rad ideas happen over there at amove.tv. Oh, one more thing. Can I do a weird a yeah, thing I don't ahead. usually do? Yeah. Follow me on Instagram. It's uh, Gare, G-A-R-E underscore G-W, because uh, I'm going to a racetrack this weekend and I'm going to post things on there. It's pretty awesome. I think that's so cool <laughs> that you're doing that. I can't wait to see what comes out of that. So watch Gare either wipe out or win the race or something. However, however that works, you'll find out by following him on Instagram. It's going to do it for us. Huge thanks to everybody for listening. Theinstance.net is our website. Instance Show on Twitter, if you're looking for that. Find out when we go live, all that sort of stuff. And you can find me at Scott Johnson, Garrett at Garrett Art, and more shows like this at frogpants.com. I think it's going to do it for us, for me, for Garrett, for all of you. We'll see you next time. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes. Get more at frogpants.com.